Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, Savage Approach to Personal Finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, a strong and powerful Dan Pontrefract. Dan, are you ready to do this? George, I am here for you and your audience. Let's rock and roll, brother. Excellent. Let's do this. Dan is the founder and CEO of the Pontrefract Group, an author of three best-selling books. He's a keynote speaker and human whisperer. I'm excited to have you on. Dan, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thank you again, uh, Dan, hailing from Victoria, British Columbia, Canada, so one of those Canucks that are trying to do good in this world. Uh, spent the better part of the past 25 years um, in organizations trying to change the way in which they operate, whether it's culture, engagement, purpose, and of course, how we operate with our minds. And uh, recently, finally, I suppose, put on my big boy pants and uh left the corporate sector to go out on my own to do that for all kinds of other organizations. So as you mentioned, three books in and a bunch of keynotes and a lot of good consulting work ahead of me, I hope. Excellent. Well, for my money and time and attention, people not being engaged in work and life is is one of the major problems that that our society is facing today. So I'm excited to have you on to, to sort of dig into that. Um, and I'm not that big of a fan of statistics, but I think that something like 15% of people are really, really happy and engaged at work. What do you attribute that to? And if you can kind of point to what's what's the major source of the problem? I think there's three things, uh, and succinctly, I'll, I'll try to, to narrow them down for you. So number one, the organization itself is rife with power. And so the employee looks up and sees their boss, their boss's boss, their boss's boss's boss, sort of exerting this power. And whether you're public sector, whether you're not-for-profit or for-profit, when when the organization is exerting power, meaning they're treating the employees somewhat poorly and or they're really only in it for maximizing their own credibility, their own career, uh, whether they're just looking after trying to find what, what that budget number is and they're trying to maintain it and to protect it. Or, of course, if you're revenue generating, your only mission is revenue profit and you'll do whatever is possible in which to attain that power becomes one of those disengagement factors for certain. Number two is, good gosh, George, I mean, the, the world's worst term these days is do more with less. Right. And, and so in our organizations, you have, you have CEOs and senior leaders who are peripatetic, which is a fancy way of saying they're always on the go. But then because of all the things we've got to do with less people and less time, the employee base is is bamboozled, they're frazzled, they're frenetic. And this scurrying pace of busyness, um, aided and abetted at times ironically by technology, is creating a stress, you know, mental duress. And and the employee base is suffering as a result of that. So so number two, we'll just call that, you know, busyness. Mm -hmm. And then number three. Uh, is both an indictment on the employee and the organization itself. And that's that word that's creeping up a lot more these days called purpose. 
And purpose of self, I find too many folks are, are dissatisfied with their own lives, work or otherwise, because they haven't defined what their purpose is. They haven't defined their own sense of personal self. So they, they don't have their own North Star. So they're kind of like, you know, the apocalyptic zombies walking through life, wondering what the hell's next. And then ergo, in the organization, it too has sort of an undefined purpose. It, it thinks it's there to uphold the company or the organization's mission. But if that mission is solely about growth, and not about community or the planet or the employees or the customers, God forbid, George, then you've got another big issue. So if you summarize it, you've got power, you've got busyness, and you've got arguably a lack of purpose as what I find to be the top three issues these days. Got it. And I think that those are, that those are right on. Um, being engaged, having purpose, is it, something as simple as making a choice to number one, define it, and then to actually be engaged and, and find purpose in your work. Is, is it that easy? Um, it, it is, but it isn't. And it sounds like a fence sitting answer. So okay. for those that are zombie, like walking through life, if they haven't sort of done these three characteristics or traits, then, then there's going to be issues. So the three are, have you, entered into a life which is inclusive of work, uh, recognizing that you're, we're all on a journey to the waterfall, meaning we've got to continuously develop, that's the first D, develop ourselves. And if we don't, then what's the point? There is no purpose if we are not constantly developing ourselves because we won't know what we like and what we dislike. And that's hence the zombie point. Number two, is we must, to your point, define what it is that we want to be in life. Like, do you have a declaration of purpose? Do you have a definition of what you're striving to become? Because if you don't have uh, a stated path, if you don't know what you want to be, and it may change, that's fine, then you haven't defined yourself. So that's the second D. And the third D, which might be arguably the most important, is a decision. You have to decide how you want to show up every day. You have to decide how you want to be known when you leave a room every day. So what is your level of engagement, if you will, in a room with people? Do you hold the door for someone? Do you say thanks? Are you deciding how you're going to interact every single time you're with someone? Are you a jerk? Are you an arse? Or, but are you benevolent perhaps and a little more giving and kind and genuine? When you do the three Ds, the develop the um, define and decide George I find that that's step one overarchingly for the person but but here's the rub um, you like I I mean no one I'm no one here is really listening in this podcast saying yep I, I live a life of luxury and I don't need to work right right we need a paycheck so I've got three goats as I call them three kids with <laughs> Denise and um, and we like going on holiday like twice a year we like saving up money and going somewhere like it's real Two cars, I got a mortgage, right? I, I need a paycheck. Sure. Now, if the organization in which that I work for is not also uh, developing its people, defining how it is that they're going to show up each and every day, and is the organization making decisions on how they're going to act and whether or not, again, they're going to pollute the rivers in which that they uh, uh, work by, if they're going to treat their 
employees unfairly, for example, gender bias and wage and so forth, then that starts leaking out. And it's like, oh, God, do I have to work for this organization? They, they're all talk, no action. And that can all add up. So arguably for me, George, it's a yin yang between you as a person got to take some ownership. But the organization really does owe it to its employees to be doing something about it as well. Yeah, well, I, 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 I certainly agree. And I love the the development, the, the define, and then the decide. I think that that's a great way to look at it. And as, as you were talking about specifically the define piece, it, it's, it, I don't want to call it amusing, but to a degree, I think that we are, with social media these days, we indulge ourselves so much. And <laughs> that just, just, you know, the, 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 the selfies and this is what I'm doing. But just by doing that, you, you're actually not necessarily really defining what it is that you want to become. You're just maybe putting on a happy face or I, I, I don't know what the psychology behind that is. Do you, you, is that is that making any sense? Oh, I mean, in spades, right? It's a bit of narcissism syndrome. It's a bit of keeping up with the Joneses syndrome. Uh, it's a bit of adrenaline junkie when you get that red dot on your phone that says 65 people liked my latest video of a cat playing piano. <laughs> right. So, so all of, all of that is adding up and it's sort of like, all right, well, the only way I'm wanted is if I get these red check marks. So I better keep pumping out crap. Right. And so it is, I mean, you need to be able to take a big step back and really do the work and saying, how do I want to present myself to the world? How do I want to be perceived? What kind of person do I want to be for myself, for my family, in my community? You need to do that work. And then you need to probably find an organization or find work that is in line with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, like what... What, what's happened, I think, over the last five years in particular, and maybe I sound like a 47-year-old curmudgeon, like a couple of the two old Muppets up there in the balcony, right? But, okay, so so I'm like, I'm at peak Dan, which means if I lived in 94, then, you know, the only way is down from here, right, at 47. So when I look back or I look forward, and I think about particularly these last five years, it's as though social media has created um, – the penchant for everyone to become a celebrity. Like, oh, you know, I'll go viral. You know, I oh, look at this meme. I can I can make a meme and it's going to go crazy, so I'm going to be famous. And it's sort of like Warhol's 15 minutes, right? Everyone is now aspiring for the 15 minutes, yet because we're so um, fast, fastidious, and we express everything in short segments now, it's 15 seconds of fame that we're all seeking. Mm. And then we, we scroll on to the next thing. So I, I honestly, I'm thinking of urging everyone to sort of take a step back and say, well, again, how do you want to be known when you leave a room? Go back to community for a second. Like, where's your impact in community? Rather than looking out on Instagram and Facebook as to, you know, what's my potential meme or viral impact? What about what you're actually doing in the place of your work, in your community, et cetera? Now, this isn't an altruism um, uh, episode that I'm having. Like, I'm not losing my mind. What I am seeing, though, are patterns and trends. 
And these patterns and trends seem to indicate that, again, back to the zombie apocalypse, we're just, we're, I'm Canadian, so we're kind of skating through life. <laughs> Right. It's, I'd like to see a little more effort in that skating. Yeah. And well, that's your, you're speaking my language for sure. I'm for, for, I think that, that one of the pieces that's missing from today's world is that really strong sense of community or a, a, a strong connection to that community. And the more that we can sort of go back to the basics instead of trying to go viral, like, like you're talking about, actually, what are you doing what what efforts are you making to strengthen your community and to strengthen those connections or your connections to that community? Let's let's actually give you an example, right? So instead of speaking hypotheticals here, let's let's talk about someone um, whom did that. Actually looked at himself and said, you know, what the hell am I doing? And the chap's name is Dan Price. Now. Dan Price in 2012, 2013-ish, founded a company with his brother called Gravity Payments uh, just outside of Seattle. And it's essentially a FinServe company that collects kind of and processes payment transactions by credit card, et cetera. So that's the short story. Now, as the CEO and the co-founder, uh, by 2015-ish, he had racked up a salary of about $1.5 a year. And, and he looked in the mirror and he says to himself, well, I've got these 150 odd people that work quote for me and or gravity. Um, I wonder wonder what they're making. (laughs) And he, he basically looked at it and said, Hmm, half of the organization is making less than 70 K a year. And half the organization is making slightly more than 70 K. But then him and his brother and his C-suite were making oodles of dollars. Right. And he says, well, that's just not right. And so he didn't force his C-suite to sort of give up dollars, but he asked, he said, well, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to cut my salary down uh, like by seven eighths. And I'm going to give that money to those that aren't making 70K a year. And so half the organization was told on like a, on a Monday morning that their salaries were being raised from 35K or 42K to 70, like instantly. And you're like, what in the, like, how, really? Like, awesome. what's the catch, <laughs> right? What's the catch? Well, the catch is now, um, five-ish years later since he did the act, four years later, in fact, um, he's got now well over 200 employees. So people are attracted to the company. His his uh, payments that he's processed went from three and a half billion to over ten and a half billion, wow. which is about a hundred eighty percent increase. And I followed up with him because I interviewed him for my second book, and I said, "Dan, what's up?" And he's like, "Look, this is just this was the right thing to do. It's still the right thing to do." And he said, "I think this type of behavior." would be great for every single company. Not to lessen their salary per se, but the behavior of looking out for other people. And that's a higher purpose, George. That's what I'm kind of getting at story-wise. Yeah, yeah. And it, it certainly paid off for him. I don't think that to your to the whole point of the story, that was not the intention um, of, of, of why he did it. Um, but that definitely is a, certainly 
that 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 might be the case right there for why an organization would want to do that because you are helping your your employees to really more fully align with the vision and the actual yeah. mission of the company yeah right? exactly so for people who are listening and um and they say you know what i i, I work for this company um and I, I i like what we do but the company really isn't that focused on it's not necessarily mission driven yeah. Would, would would you have any advice for them on on how they could go about? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's threefold. One is pack it in and go find the right organization. So that's the easy one. And it's probably the one that I actually don't recommend first. But it is obviously an option because sometimes it's nails on a chalkboard and you just you look at it, you're like, OK, it's never going to change here. So I, you have to take matters into your own hands is kind of the point. And then really, if if that's if you're not cool with that. Um, and I don't suggest quitting outright, by the way, and then going find it, go find something and then quit. <laughs> right. I'm not, again, I'm a realist, right? People have, you know, you have bills. So don't, don't correct me and say, Oh no, he's this guy that says I should go quit. No, <laughs> be real. But, but really points two and three are where it's at. So, um, there, there is a movement now it's, it's small, it's, but it's growing. And I and I'm doing work with boards and C-suites on this, so I know it's starting to pick up. And that is when when the gravity payments of the world, like Dan Price, when they're sort of acting with this different sense of purpose, uh, other organizations are starting to pick up on this. Now, classic examples would be like Unilever or Salesforce with Mark Benioff, right? When when they inculcate uh, a higher purpose systemically into the culture in the case of Salesforce, where they adopted, well, actually institutionalized a program called the 1% pledge, where 1% of profit goes to the community, 1% of their volunteer time goes to the community, and 1% of their products and services go to the community. That, that has become like a value of Salesforce. So as more of these are picking up story-wise, you've got other CEOs and C-suites and boards sort of saying, huh, Maybe purpose pays off. Maybe a better culture pays off. Maybe the less frenetic, uh, overly busy culture and way of operating is paying off. And so that's the slow movement I see happening. But to your question, I think if there's one individual employee who's wondering, well, what can I do? Start feeding your C-suite, uh, whether it's the head of HR or people in culture, whether it's CFO, the CEO, whoever, CEO, feeding them some of those stories. Feed them the stories of organizations that have shifted that are, in fact, making more money or in doing better in the community at the same time. That's the balance of purpose with profit. So I would share those stories. I say, look, you know, hey, you, you want to attract more people here? Hey, do you want customers to be actually spending money with you more? Because customers are starting to look out for organizations that operate with this higher social purpose. So I'd say that. The third one you know, if you put it in order of quit outright, uh, <laughs> suggest stories to your C-suite. And then the third one here, um, start a movement inside your own organization and team. Like why you, it doesn't always have to be top down. It can come bottoms up. And that, that idea, if not ideology of social purpose and, and operating differently and really treating one another with fair and respect and, and genuine kindness that can come from within a team and you can be like, you know, the first follower where someone else looks over at you and says, gosh, what's what's Team X doing? We should do that. And then you create a movement inside of your own organization. 
because a CEO doesn't have to tell you. You can create that movement in a team. And I've seen that work as well. And then it sort of catches fire, so to say, and spreads along. So those are the three I'd suggest, man. I love it. Those are excellent. Well, Dan, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, on the line, I suppose, George, of, of, of thinking about your culture, where you work, how you operate, uh, and back to the purpose point, and we were talking a bit about defining yourself. Honestly, like I have looked at a, a sticky note, which has been rewritten a couple times over the years, that stares out of my home office at me, and it's it's these two lines. And, and I, I wrote these in 1998, so we're well over 20 years. And it has helped me through personal decisions with Denise. It's helped me with professional decisions. It helped me obviously leave a, an organization of $15 billion in revenue and 50,000 employees as its chief envisioner uh, to go out on my own. And, and so I would argue that if you haven't declared your purpose, if you haven't written a pithy kind of one or two line statement that's you, and your North Star, your guiding light, uh, get on that. And I'll, I'll, if you want, I'll share mine, George, because it may Please. help provide some context. Sure. So it's as follows. We're not here to see through each other. We are here to see each other through. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. And that is something right there. I mean, there's so many important things that we all know that we're supposed to be doing. We're, we, we, we all know that we're supposed to have goals, but so few of us have them. and Even fewer write them down. We know that we're supposed to have our values written out. And this is one of those things. Have you declared your purpose for your life? Be intentional about it. So I think that that's incredible advice. Well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Well, I wish I was like Madonna or Lady Gaga. You just type that into Google. You just put Dan, but that doesn't work, does it? Uh, probably just my website, man. It's uh, www.mynamedanpontifract.com. Perfect. And I'm going to, as soon as we're off the call, just Google Dan and see. I have no idea what's, <laughs> no what's going to pop up. So. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dan your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to his website, pick up one of his books. I am looking forward to doing that personally. Thank you again, Dan. George, the pleasure is mine. Thank you for a great discourse. And uh, may the power of purpose be with you, my friend. Yes. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. Before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it, and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course, and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing. Leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.